Test one two check check one two one two. Check, check. Hello hello hello. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. I'm here in the FPP Film Photography Podcast Studio. It's April fifteenth, twenty twelve. Episode number fifty seven. I'm going to introduce everyone here in one second. On this show, I just want everyone to know what's coming up. On this show, we have a very special uh, roll-in by our man on the street, Hunter White, in New York City. Oh, that should be exciting. It's going to be great. Uh, It's a report on the New York City Photo League, 1936 to 1951. Uh, This was was part of an exhibit at the Jewish Museum. Was this a homework assignment? Yes, it was. Great. Yes, it was. And I'm going to talk about that like straight up later on in the show. What show? Matt Mirage is going to come on and talk about the cure for gas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I heard there, orange there juice is There is such a thing. Orange juice is really good. Anything yeah. I want a cure. <laughs> yeah. I just need more storage. <laughs> That's the cure. <laughs> and later yet, we're going to have a book of the month, which is Exposure by Mary Ellen Mark. The Book of the Month by Matt Mirage. Oh. oh. And I'm going to have news. News? I'm going to have... Good news, sad news. Oh, no, no. Sad I have an invoice here for John's film that you bought at the oh, FPP store. <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> About that money, Mike. <laughs> but but let me that. introduce everybody here. To my left is Dane Johnson. Chili dog. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Just ate a chili dog. I don't, by the way, Ugh. ask people. <laughs> really? <laughs> you no, did? No off, of a tr- oh. off of a truck? Yes, off of a truck. In Jersey City? Twan's truck. Very Twan's. good. Okay. Hi. You're going to need a new windscreen after this. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's actually, I think he's Italian. Oh, is he yeah. Twan? Yeah, yes. I know. I thought he like would be Antoine a or? Vietnamese guy with long hair yeah. and makeup, but yeah. he wasn't. Now, Dane, of course, was McDaner or Maude Dane. Mm-hmm. But Not anymore. No. You've been like. He's been usurped. You've uh-huh. been like. Punched I, out. Yep, cold. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to taking my packing peanuts and duct tape and going in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> next, <laughs> you, look, you look like a toddler compared to what we got sitting next to you. Left to uh, to Dane is Mark Dalzell. Is that pronunciation correct? Yep, Mark. That's Mark. Perfect. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy allowing Dane to keep the MacGyver title no, because because no, yeah. MacGyver's all about duct tape and right. bubble gum. Yes. I think okay. you're right. I'm yes. like I'm like if MacGyver was at home on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. MacGyver with, had, with had his, a like, portable ridiculous studio. Workshop. MacGyver That's went me. to like uh, MacGyver, uh, IT tech. Exactly. MacGyver yeah. took a took a sabbatical from the Phoenix MacGyver Foundation. MacGyver could pull a trailer behind him. Mark needs like a th- like all of a sudden like a cut from Quadrophenia comes up. Mm-hmm. He's on the scooter <laughs> yeah. with all the mirrors. Yeah. That big one, the boss one. Who yeah. drove that one? Sting. Uh, oh yeah, bellboy. <laughs> Mark, the great thing about FPP is he passed the ritual Mark, last night. Mark, you don't night. even like I don't even ask. It's just like, hey, newest FPP guy, Mark. He's like, hey, you put hey. It's like, it's sort of like the mafia. Yeah. Hey. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. You know, except we don't have I'm a... made. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. totally made. Mark, would you consider yourself, first and foremost, a, a musician or a, a, a craftsman that deals with fixing and, and making instruments? What would you consider your or primary? Or a businessman. I'm a, I'm a businessman, but my, my business allows me to uh, experiment and build things. And okay. I love building instruments, but yeah, that's building instruments, building cameras, building... Uh, and your Whatever. home is Metropolis Music, right? Which is a music store in Jersey, Jersey City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's correct. How what do we have for them? <laughs> <laughs> How long has Metropolis Music been open? Uh, it's going to be going on ten years at the okay. end of the summer. That's so amazing. you created it. Yep. 
I opened it. it was a doctor's office when I when I took the space. <laughs> Any people come wandering in? I did. I had a woman come in yeah. once. An old well, woman come in. She's doctor? like, "Where's the doctor?" I said, "Well, he's not here anymore." The doctor is. And she didn't in. believe me. She she insisted <laughs> on walking all the way through, past all the guitars, and looking in each lesson room at the back, looking because she thought I had the doctor hidden. Oop! You found me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it was just a big joke. We yeah. just moved all these guitars in for the day. Yeah. Yes. And to the, to the left of Mark is really quickly is FPP John Fidelli. Hi, 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 hi. Hi, John. Hi, hi. Good. Now, there are three smooth sailors here now. Yes, wow. Yes. And yes. one honorary smooth yeah. sailor. Yes. And <laughs> you're yes, an honorary obviously. sailor. Well, maybe someday. I'm, I'm getting I, my bass out. I heard that. He's I just I didn't even know you played. I know. I didn't oh, I didn't, I didn't I've been taking music lessons since I'm, I swear I got five. Yeah. And I decided I'm going to throw the lessons out the window. Sure. So here I am with the Mel Bay books. Oof. You know what I mean? Mm. Enough of that. Guitar mm. method. So I'm just going to do everything on the fly now, inspired mm-hmm. by you guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as offline, we were discussing myself and Mark. We're talking about camera modifications. The problem is time. Yes. Yeah. You know, once you pick a hobby, you have to spend some time if you want to get anywhere with it. Yep. Uh, but these guys are, are three smooth sailors. Uh, it's pretty cool. Very quickly, uh, I've been. I would go with John Fideli to smooth sailor rehearsal on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. Hitch a ride. Mm-hmm. Hitch a ride because I was testing cameras. That was this. That was this, hey, I want to hang out, test some cameras. Yep. That was the impetus of all this. Yeah. Past yeah. gas. That, yeah. And I don't know. I've never seen anything. It's almost a phenomenon. Because I have to tell you that I did ask John privately. I'm like, what's going on over there? (laughs) (laughs) What exactly happened? Because it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It is definitely phenomenal. I've never seen someone actually catch gas. That quickly. Gear acquisition syndrome. First and foremost to get over the first hump, which is to shoot film. Mm-hmm. Because most guys like it, like to talk about it. Oh, that's cool, but never really make a jump to it. Mm-hmm. So somehow you guys embraced the format and then started just buying like everything. Crazy. It's a little overboard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how that exactly happened, but there was a transformation maybe somewhere around November, December. Mm-hmm. And I think it was um, further fueled by the move to the new space. Yeah, it was more room Suddenly to take space. Yeah, yeah, we had space yeah. to get yeah. more than more, more space to put cameras feet. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more room to more shelving. Well, I have a certain theme. I like I like funky old cameras that weren't supposed to take thirty five millimeter. Yep. <laughs> and I put thirty five millimeter in them. Take it. Or I take funky old cameras <laughs> that use might hurt extinct flash bulbs or expensive flash bulbs, and I and I make them work with electronic flashes. Mm-hmm. So those are yeah. my sort of two main mods. You're but a Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I bring old cameras into the present, put electronic flashes and cheap film in them. Because that's, I, I guess it all comes down to that. I'm a cheapskate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend okay. money uh, on expensive 127 film or expensive flash bulbs. I get, I get the impression so. you guys also get, a, a, first of all, a joy out of film photography, but also a joy, and this is a big criticism of film because everyone says, didn't you, you and I, we were with somebody the other day, oh, that's expensive. Mm. That's a misconception. Everybody says that. Everybody yeah. says, no isn't that expensive? How did you, where do you even get that? You Tell know? them it is so they keep them on their side. Yeah, exactly. The biggest yeah. secret here in the States is like, it's amazing. You shoot a roll of film, let's say 36 exposures, you go to Target. Yeah. They process Cheap. it. 98 for cents. 95 cents, I know. You're out of there. You're done a in dollar, 20 minutes. <laughs> providing you have yeah. a scanner at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, the, the film, if you can bum it off somebody or buy it a lot on eBay... You, it's practically, I mean, less negligible. It, now, half the price of a cup of coffee, for God's sake. It's a fantastic time to be a film shooter. It is. Actually, yeah, speaking of Target, they actually sell Kodak, a three pack of 200 Kodak Max or something for six bucks. So it's only $2 yeah. a roll even That's at Target. Amazing. And then if you catch like a, a Walgreens or mm. a special, you yeah. can find film sometimes for 50 cents a dollar a roll. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Let yeah, me know when if I you see in, that next Oh, time. yeah. When I was in Florida, <laughs> if you don't I went empty to, the to buy film because I ran out and I went to the local store and they had a big bin just full yeah. of $1 oh. rolls. It was all 100 and 200 ASA, which they just don't know now. what to do with it. They just get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Before we get too deep, I want to go to our rolling. You met Hunter? Yep, of course. Great. It's great. At the great, great PDN Photo Expo. Nice young man. Yes. He goes to School of Visual Arts in New York City. He's a film shooter through and through. He, you're able to like borrow stuff from the school, like uh, yeah. Hasselblad. I know. Tr- check out like yeah. really sweet for stuff. The day, ah, for the day. There was a comment on one of his pictures. The comment was, why is there a barcode on all your cameras? Because <laughs> people would take pictures of him and I'd right. post the pictures. Yeah. Now, Hunter went He's to... He's from the future. Now, Hunter uh, did an uh, interview with the assistant curator, Rebecca Shaken. The New York City Photo League, 1936 to 1951... Basically, turn of the century, 20th century, you had all your immigrant pockets mm, Pockets in New York City. You had your African-American community. You had your Jewish community. You had your Irish community. You had your Italian community mm-hmm. and more. Right. In the Jewish neighborhood, uh, they started a photo league. It's street photographers. Mm-hmm. So they were able to capture that slice of time. We have an address? Yes, we do. It's 1109 Fifth Avenue at 92nd Street. So Hunter White went down to the museum and got the scoop on the whole New York City Photo League. Rather than me stammer about it, let me, let's, just, let's just go to the videotape. Let's go to the videotape. This is Hunter White with the Film Photography Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Rebecca Shaken, the assistant curator at the Jewish Museum, and we're going to talk a little about the Photo League today. How are you today, Rebecca? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Beautiful day in New York. Can you give us just a little background on the Photo League in general, like when it started, such like that? Absolutely. The Photo League was founded in 1936 by Sid Grossman and Saul Libson, who were friends from City College. And they had actually met at the Film and Photo League, which was an organization from earlier um, in the decade of very politically motivated filmmakers and photographers. When that group split apart in 1936, Sid Grossman and Saul Libson decided to keep going with just still photography. Uh, So the Photo League that they created was a place where photographers who uh, were politically minded and socially engaged people could come together and uh, learn how to take photographs of the, the real world around them pictures of the city taking their cameras out into the street and uh, photographing the way people were really living. Sid Grossman I mean can you give us a little background on who he was? Uh, Sure I mean when Sid Grossman founded the league uh, he was really quite young he was in his early 20s he was very much inspired by Paul Strand, who was about a generation older than he was um, and another photographer who really photographer and filmmaker who taught him um, the importance of taking pictures that were that were really great visual objects um, but that also had very strong political and social content in them and that was the kind of dual philosophy that he took and and championed at the league as the major uh, mentor and teacher there. You mentioned Paul Strand, you mentioned Sid Grossman, the league is kind of this massive conglomerate of iconic early 1900s photographers. I mean you have like people like Ouija for example. Mm-hmm. I mean who would you say are kind of I guess the most prominent photographers to really come out of the photo league? There were many photographers, hundreds of photographers who came to the league, um, many of them quite famous, uh, Sid Grossman and Ouija, as you mentioned, uh, among them. But even many women, like Berenice Abbott, was there at the start. She uh, joined the league in, I believe, 1938 um, and was on the advisory board along with 
Dorothea Lang and Margaret Burke White. Several others, Aaron Siskind was a major player at the Photo League. Uh, he's the one who's responsible for the Harlem Document series, which was a four-year-long project to document Harlem, um, one of the many neighborhood series that the that the league did. Dan Weiner would be another one. He may not be as well known to many people because he died quite young at the age of 40 uh, in a plane crash, but he his his photographs are really stunning. Rebecca Lepkoff too is another phenomenal photographer um, who is still alive and working today. Um, she's perhaps most famous for her series of photographs on the Lower East Side, which is the neighborhood where she grew up from the late uh, 40s and 50s. You read about photographers and you'll see this, these passing mentions of, oh, they were influenced by the Photo League. For instance, Robert mm-hmm. Frank, I'm doing a paper on him right now. Mm-hmm. And he said the Photo League was a huge influence on him. Mm-hmm. What would journalistic photography, would documentary photography be the same today if, it, if the Photo League never happened, if Sid Grossman hadn't decided to start this group? I wonder. That's a great question and, and difficult to answer the, the what-ifs of of history and if it had taken a different course. I think certainly the Photo League was very influential for that first generation of photojournalists growing up in the 30s and 40s. The League was founded in the same year that Life magazine was started and Look magazine followed soon thereafter. So many photographers came to the League uh, in order to be to learn how to make good journalistic photos and Many of them went on to work for Life and Look and PM. Uh, Ouija was a staff photographer at PM when he came to the league, and and W. Eugene Smith, another one of our very famous leaguers, uh, he was a staff photographer at Life for many, many years um, and was one of the first uh, real pioneering photo essayists. So I have to say that the league definitely had a very strong impact um, on, on, our, on our visual and material culture in American photojournalism. It's hard to say what would have happened had the League not been there to, to guide those photographers and teach them how to make pictures that were honest and, and true, as they called them. They, they formed a school later, and there was there's this photo downstairs of Ouija, Bernice Abbott, and Eugene Smith sitting mm-hmm. around a table, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of, it's one of my favorite photographs in the show because it kind of shows that they're almost like a family in a way. Would that be described as accurate, that they were kind of a photo family? Yes, absolutely. Near there we have a quote by Ruth Orkin up on the wall that she says that the Photo League was really like the European cafes where people would go just to to hang out with like-minded people and keep current with the new trends in photography and certainly it was it was a school um, and a dark room and a place where people practiced and learned photography but it was also it was kind of a social club it was a hangout for these many young photographers in their 20s or people who were fresh out of high school even um, who came to the league and uh, it was a really fun place to hang out that photo in particular um, of Ouija and Bernice Abbott and Eugene Smith uh, all hanging out. They were judging a photo hunt competition in 1947, I believe, that year together. So, yeah, it was a really exciting place where young, budding photographers could go and meet the kind of leading lights of the day. Yeah, I mean, those photo hunts are interesting. Can you kind of give us an explanation of what exactly those were? Yeah, absolutely. The photo hunts, was, those were parties that they threw every year, um, starting, I think, in the late 30s, and going through the late 40s, they had a photo hunt competition where anyone for $1.50 could enter, 
And people would come to the photo league, uh, usually in the spring, and they would hand out these assignments. And they, they would be short, pithy little quotes of um, something completely random or absurd, like tired feet or the law, bring me wine was one of them. Um, and the photographers would then have to interpret those phrases and go out and try to take a picture of it in, in Manhattan. They would have a few hours to run around the city and, and try to track that thing down. Uh, and then they would come back and there would be volunteers in the darkroom who would help them develop their film. And once they picked the picture that they thought was best from the day, they would have that one printed. And while all the photographs were, were being made, there would be dinner and dancing and entertainment. It was really an all-night affair. Then there would be a slideshow around midnight, and then these more illustrious photographers would uh, do the judging really late at night. So that picture of Abbott and Ouija and Smith was taken at 2 a.m. Actually, they were up all night judging that competition. And the lucky winner, I think, got a case of flashbulbs. <laughs> very exciting. And their name in the paper as well. It seems kind of this old school, kind of small immigrant neighborhood, small small New York, like not modern day mm -hmm. New York. You hear a lot of people criticize New York that, oh, they're pushing out the small immigrant, uh, immigrant communities. Could mm -hmm the Photo League exists today in that kind of way? You know, that's something that they were really attuned to as well. I had mentioned Rebecca Lovkoff a little earlier. Those pictures that she was taking on the Lower East Side, that was the neighborhood that she had grown up in, and many of the leaguers grew up on the Lower East Side or other small Jewish communities in Brooklyn, really tight-knit, ethnically determined neighborhoods. And um, in, after the war, in the late 40s and 50s, when Lepkoff went back to revisit her childhood home, that neighborhood was already changing. Uh, many of the, the Jews in the neighborhood were leaving at that time to go upstate, to live in the suburbs. And so she was documenting the shifting demographics and the way that that neighborhood was changing over time. Could the photo league exist today? I mean, certainly we still have pockets of, of very diverse communities in, in Manhattan today still, in Koreatown and Chi Chinatown and the Upper West Side always seems to me like the kind of new Lower East Side. People often ask me um, if there is something like the Photo League today, if there is a club that people can join that's been easy and um, sort of not not self-taught, but people who are there for, for kind of the love of the game. You know, the Photo League was a volunteer organization and membership was was inexpensive at the time and there really is no other kind of camera club with that really strong focus I guess in documentary photography and and focusing on the street and the people in the, in the same way it seems a very New York thing. Is there any, was there anything like the Photo League in other cities around the world, or was it kind of isolated a New York? That's a great question. Yeah, there were certainly other camera clubs at that time, particularly one in California, the F64 group. Uh, that was Edward Weston and Ansel Adams and Imogene Cunningham, based out in the West Coast, and they were geared more towards nature photography, taking their cameras out into the, the open and taking pictures of the mountains and the trees. And so that was another you know, small group of people, but their focus was incredibly different. Um, the league was was really more about about people and, and the gritty realities of, of everyday life and less about, you know, the glories of nature, the way that the F64 group was. 
You know, at the time that the League was blacklisted in 1947, they were actually doing a major push to, to try to branch out of New York and become more of a of a national organization to have members from all over the country. And they were really reconceiving themselves as a center for American photography. It was at that time that photographers that were really um, disparate, even some of those F-64 photographers like Adams and Weston, uh, they joined, they took out memberships, and, and people were really um, were excited about the League and what they were doing and, and wanted to be a part of it. Sadly, because of the blacklisting, they were not able to sustain themselves, and they closed in 1951. So, you know, there was this moment when um, the League might have gone national, but they didn't. Yeah, I was just about to ask about that blacklisting. I mean, why, besides the obvious, was the Photo League kind of blacklisted in mainstream view? There was no real rhyme or reason, I think, to the blacklistings of that time. There was just a lot of fear-mongering and paranoia around the alleged threat of communism. You know, it's true that some members of the Photo League were also members of the Communist Party, but even though... um, the Photo League was very socially minded and the pictures they were taking were in the hopes of inspiring social change and for a good cause. Um, It was not a political organization. They were put on a list of so-called subversive groups that were fascist or totalitarian um, or subversive in other ways, essentially, you know, being accused of trying to overthrow the government that was never at all in the purview of what the Photo League was about. They were really a a group that was dedicated to the art of photography. Um, So the accusation is, of course, absurd. Why they were blacklisted, um, I think because of the the connections to the Communist Party of some of their members. Uh, There was also uh, one of their members was an undercover spy for the FBI. Uh, so that did not help. She, uh, Angela Calamiris, had been a member of the Photo League since the late 30s, and in 42 she began spying on the League and and uh, sending information to the FBI, saying, that, you know, feeding them the the kinds of information that they wanted. And of course, at that time, um, you know, to be Jewish was almost synonymous with being communist. And because the the organization was largely Jewish, they came under attack. So yeah, there's a quote downstairs that that goes somewhat like, "I was Jewish. I lived in New York, so I had to be a communist." Um, yeah, I was always taken for a communist. That was that was Aaron Siskind. Oh, if I'm if I'm a New York Jew, I I must be a communist. Yeah, um, yeah it's bad. I mean, many left wing intellectual, artistic people in the 30s and 40s were, you know, very progressively minded, um, and many did belong to the Communist Party. It was not so radical <laughs> as it yeah. is today, um, or as it seems today, in large part because of the Cold War and the and the backlash against it. Yeah. The Photo League, it doesn't seem to be journalism per se. There's a, there's a, great, a great quote, I can't remember who said it, um, that all photographs are accurate, none of the truth. And that seems to kind of apply to the Photo League. Would you say they're kind of more documentary with a fine art influence or vice versa? That's a great question. Um, it's good to remember that at the time that the Photo League started, uh, photography was not yet even considered a fine art. Uh, there were photographers who were working under this genre that we now call pictorialism, where they were taking pictures um, in an attempt to emulate painting, to, 
to do these very atmospheric effects and a lot of uh, studio photography that was it was really trying trying to be painting and trying in fact not to be a photographer. Right. Almost like Ansel Adams work to an extent. Sure and Stieglitz um, and the photographers that that he um, promoted at his gallery at 291. When the Photo League came about they really photography was considered a document. They called themselves workers uh, before they called themselves photographers. They believed that they were part of um, this this worker relief movement um, and they were creating documents that would be taken as you know evidence of the struggles of the working class. So yes in the in the 30s they very much believed actually that their photographs could could be more than accurate that they could be truth that these were they were trying to create true documents of the world around them and it wasn't until really after the war in the late 40s that their perspective began to shift and they began to realize that what we accept today, that really no, no image, even if it's a photograph, can be merely objective, that every photograph has a point of view, that every image is somewhat subjective. And Sid Grossman, one of the great things that he taught at the League was not just how to take good images, but also to learn your own relationship to the images that you were creating and to learn really what your own perspective was and what you were bringing to the object, not just what the subject was bringing to your photograph. So. Well, I thank you so much. Rebecca, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, back to you, Mike. Hey, we're back. Uh, really quick. Uh, yeah. I always have, I love having new people on the show. Now, Dane, you're still new. It's sure. still, still a honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you're brand new. Mm. I always bring... Like oh door prizes. Oh boy! All right, That's so a good I got part. door prizes for you guys. Are you not going to initiate me somehow? Are you? No. Okay. no but now no. it's like there's two guys, so it's like you're two kids. You get, yeah. you know, I can't give you can't just give Mark. one, not the other. Yeah, problem. That's right. Yeah. I, 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 what? And John and I, we're the parents because we know each other 30 years. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> I got some great prizes for you guys. Shut up and give it to oh. first. I got. I, this, I used to call it uh, uh, lo-fi high drag. I may change it to freshly baked. Ah. <laughs> you guys are talking about 12 exposure rolls. They're really handy to have. Yeah. The good uh, part yeah. is these are uh, five, one, two, three, perfect. Four, uh, Twelve exposures. The bad news is they're freshly baked, which means they've been in like a war- back of a car, warm ha- a warehouse. Okay. Mm. It's cold. It's hot. It's cold. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah, sure. Subject to the whims of so nature. So the picture quality is not guaranteed, but you may be able to squeeze hey, something out I've of it. I've had good luck with some. I may only lose twelve pictures though instead exactly. of six. Yeah, you know, this Excellent. Is Thank you. This is perfect. That's not all. I put a little sampler pack together for you guys. What? Boy. Yep. These are actually great for the half-frame cameras, too, because it doesn't take you two weeks got to use it. Got some black up. and white. Oh, yeah. Got some... Uh, Fresh dated 160. Got some 110. And some no. 100 T-Max 120. 120. Oh, roll nice. film. 20. Now, the bomb here is the Kodak Portra 160. Yeah. That's Kodak's best film. Oh, really? Okay. Great. It's beautiful film. Yeah. It scans like butter. Oh, it doesn't all curl up on you, and you have to tape it down. It oh, is. I'm going to need to buy a better camera. Oh, Mark, oh, is yours? Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Ooh, this, candy corn. The Kodak Portra, folks out there listening, roll. it's just so beautiful, the film. Uh, oh, yeah. There's an added bonus. Uh, Mark, I was so thrilled that you uh, were getting your 127 cameras up that I got for you a roll of uh, Crossbird Creative Edition 127 Ooh. Fresh. That's wow. New. That's new from Freestyle. That's, that's cool, too. Freestyle? I've used that crossword. It's cool Freestyle. stuff. Freestyle. Don't they open were... it. Oh, you open oh it. I ruined it. Open it. I didn't realize they were, anyone was making it. I thought it was only Efka. Now, this Efka? is a color slide Efka. film. Efki. 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 How do you say that? 
F-word. <laughs> F-Q. I thought only F-Word was making it. They, uh, this is marketed by Freestyle. They market it as film that you could either get color slides out of yeah. or send it in C41 and you'll get a cross process. C41. C41. But hmm. if you try and take that to Target... Oh, forget it. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta send definitely it get jammed in their machine. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, oh, don't cool. Fit. Thank you. Now It'll I go and chopped all my uh, 127 cameras into 35. In your, your music studio, you have an in-out box. Like everyone just throws their film in your inbox. Yeah. Like, hey, man, yep. get this process for me. Yep, yep. we have the big folder in big the bottom door of the fridge. And then once it gets to about <clears throat> 30 rolls, we send Jesus. it off. You know. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. It happens yeah, about once there. a month. I got to start. I, I never even, it's, it's so cheap. I don't, I don't even think I've tracked anybody down because he usually pays shipping. Mm. And then, it, then you know. Now, I know you guys are cost conscious, and I totally understand that. But yeah. one day, yeah. you need to I try know. some, get some slide film. Yes. Take a very special role and then send it to either Dwayne's or the Dark Room yes. or uh, our good friends at Hamilton Photo Lab. Oh, yes, our very good friends. Yes. Hamilton, Brandt, Cornfell, up front. And you'll get transparencies back, mm. and they're just and they're, they're all sharp. in the little paper thing with the holder and everything. Or is uh, it just thirty-five slide, millimeter slide holders. Yeah, slide thirty-five off. millimeter slides. We have hundreds of those. Help yourselves. Get a good one. Mm. But you should experience it once. Be like six yep. bucks a roll to, to get developed. Well, I used to only have such junky cameras that it wasn't worth it. But now I have my for one twenty. I've got my my Yashica Mat one twenty four, which I love, and I just got a. Um, it's almost like I feel like I'm cheating now. I got a, a Minolta XGM, which is my my one and only SLR, and it's it just feels and shoots so beautifully mm-hmm. now that I. I feel obliged to put better film in it. Speaking of slide film, thank you. Oh, you're this very welcome, a, yeah, guys. Awesome batch of goodies. Real quick bit of news. I have uh, some information here. Speaking of slide film, and uh, maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't, but uh, about a month ago, Kodak, about two months ago, Kodak discontinued their color slide film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still make Super 8, but they in the still film, here's a quick press release. I got this off of uh, popular photography, popphoto.com. Amid all the bad news surrounding Kodak, including the planned sale of its digital patents and online photo services, it seems like the company's film business would endure. But Kodak announced recently they are discontinuing three ectochrome color reversal films. Oh, dear. Oh, dear is right. I almost died. Because this is the year of ectochrome. We've been giving away ectochrome. God. Uh, Ectochrome E100G, ectochrome E100VS, and Elite Chrome Extra Color 100. Really? E6. The, the sad news is that's all. I, that's it. That's all gone. There's no existing. There's no, no last man standing. No. You think they'd keep one? No. Why? They estimate you'll still be able to find them on shelves for the next six months. No. no. You go to B and H, cleaned out. Gone. Yeah, they're already yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unique photo, cleaned out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, know. before this announcement, Kodak sent FPP a boatload of expired. Really? So we've been giving that away on a regular basis to our listeners. Kodak Professional Color Negative Films and Kodak Professional Black and White Films are still profitable for the company and are still being manufactured. Mm. So sadly, uh, that will be going away. If you're going to shoot Ectochrome, because you can still get on eBay, Ectochrome. now is the time to do it. Ectochrome. Connectochrome. Ectochrome is... The good news is that Fuji... That's the wind. At least there's no construction going on no, outside. No, there's no jackhammering. And, you know. The good news is that chrome films, reversal films, mm. slide film, whatever you want to call it, is still made by Fuji. 
Hi. I'm going to hit a few letters real quick. Letters. Wow, look at that. It's beautifully uh, By the way, the amount of uh, handwritten and typed mail has been coming in very, you know. Steadily. I will say this, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it today. We have an amazing, awesome listenership. Yeah. Awesome. The people that listen to the show, you guys, take a second. Put down your cup of coffee or whatever you're eating or whatever you're doing. Uh, take, your, take your hands out no. of the, the bath, the stop bath, and give yourself a nice pat on the back. <laughs> Climb out of the stop bath. <laughs> <laughs> give yourself a nice pat on the back. You guys are great, and I mean that sincerely. But he's very responsive. Yeah. And respectful. Yeah. Yep. I got the box of stuff from, this is from Paul Rotano. It's Paul Rotano Photography. He's in Pennsylvania. Hey, Paul Rotano. How you doing? It's actually paulrotano.com, P-A-U-L-R-E-I-T-A-N-O. And he sent a box of Polaroid cameras. Really? That's nice. Yeah, it was oh. awesome. I thought he did this, but this is a pre-printed card. You can get a little card oh, as a Polaroid oh, picture. cool. Yeah. Oh. Right. Fancy. It says Polaroid Notes by Chronicle Books, hmm. chroniclebooks.com. And Paul says, I listen to your podcasts all the time and pick up a lot of useful information. Here's a little payback. Nice. (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Real cool. Wow. And one of the uh, things that uh, Paul sent, he sent a bunch of Polaroid cameras that are part of our little, um, we have like a hangar area where all the uh, cameras that are going to be given away. He sent oh, us uh, very interesting, oh boy. the most sought after. With the bug eye. I know Joseph has the brown leather yeah, one. He's yeah, 70, he's got a deluxe yeah. one. Yeah, you got to tell me his, he has a few woes with that. Yep, and so okay, well, that's now, my slight woe, but that's, he, a, that's my own problem. These guys, first of all, we'll talk a little bit about Polaroid instant photography for folks out there. Polaroid cameras from the 70s have the integral film, the film that spits out the front. The shake it. You're <laughs> not supposed shake to, it but... Film. Yeah. Uh, and it. the folding cameras, the cameras that Joseph has, that you have, Mark, that you have one too? No, I, I don't. Not, That's not the 70, but you no. have, he has lots of the, I have the 600s. The Pronto Impulse. Pronto! <laughs> the Joseph and Mark and myself, we have the premium. Oh, that, That's SLR. the tan first uh, Polaroid Alpha. That's so mm-hmm. sought after. Hmm. Sought yes. after. Yeah. They're, they're pretty. Well, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> sure. come, come seek me and you'll get one. <laughs> what do you got on top oh, of there? Wrong way. Possible flash? <laughs> this is a, these take flash bars, which are very expensive now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's, they're almost extinct. Impossible came out with. Uh, so, so that one you've got there, that's the SX70, but the one step version with the sonar. This is the, your that's camera, the, fancy one. the yeah. second version or third version with the black leather and the sonar. Right. And, Bug uh, eye. <laughs> That's amazing. That's and I bought this. I saw Joseph had one, too. Yep, yep. Joseph is also a smooth sailor. He's got a bit of gas. TheSmoothSailors.com, yes. in case you're wondering, what are you guys talking about? Uh, this is the new Mint Flash by Impossible. Yes. It's a flash bar that's electric. takes two cool. AAA batteries. It is so cool, yep. and it will save you so much money. Yep. So That is beautiful. This was in a package that Paul sent, uh, if not a little weather-worn, a little, mm-hmm. a little beaten, but it seems to work pretty good. Mm. So as most things that come in, I'll take them out. I'll give them a ride around the sure. block. Quick question. Are you using the uh, 670... Uh, film in there, or are you using the 600 film with the uh, with the with the uh, ND filter or whatever it is? Good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. The film, which is now made by the Impossible Project, is an interchangeable, so you could take the 100 speed film, the SX70, mm-hmm. and you could use it in the 600 and vice versa. Mm-hmm. 
and you just handle it by adjusting the wheel. Is that right? Yeah. This has, this is 100-speed film. Okay. Um, Which is what originally was supposed to be yes. in those cameras. Yeah. Right. It's Got the it. PX70. Got it. Yep. Color shade. Good stuff. Hmm. Yep. And what I've found, because you, this, first of all, I get letters, FPP gets letters, and there's letters, emails littered all over the internet, all over the Impossible Project thread. They recommend you put the exposure wheel to dark mm-hmm. on the SX70 cameras. Yep. But it's all based upon each camera's different. Get to know your camera. Yep. Because you'll find little idiosyncrasies of your own camera. So it's not just a general like, oh, this works this way, but doesn't work that way. This camera, for whatever reason, have the wheel right in the middle. Yeah. Dark and light and right in the middle. Interesting. So you just have to, you have to. You got to blow up 25 bucks. Yeah. And just get, yeah. Go a sacrificial and pack out. of film That's until it. you get it working. <laughs> yeah. You just got to accept that. So is that what you did to, to begin with? You just kept it in the middle and took a photo? Mike, or well, did I you have it to dark? Sound I had it to dark, yeah. and it was too dark. Huh, no kidding. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, an awesome camera, and uh, it's my yeah. first time ever using the sonar. It's, o- it's only uh, auto-focused with the sonar. Auto well, focus. now, that's what's interesting is, is how they added that modular sonar thing pops on top into the flash, and the flash pops into the sonar. It, this, it looks does like... Does it come off? Does the sonar part come off? No. no. Oh, it doesn't? Okay, no. it just looks modular. Yeah. 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 Give it uh, Mark, I it'll it come like off. stacked commas. <laughs> you think maybe put the sonar in maybe an old brownie, Mark? <laughs> that would be great. You <laughs> <laughs> can work something out there. Put wow, that is cool. So that one's just autofocused. Yeah. That is really... So, you know, these are highly sought after, and the other um, camera, which is much newer camera, also like top dog is the the 600 camera version which Ooh. is the oh, 680 yeah 680 slr oh boy. with built-in flash and i'm using the brand new uh px 680 film yep good stuff and i have some uh, yeah there's two shots left in this uh you can turn the flash on or off hmm. uh, that's, that's a sonar oh it's like that's very responsive. Look at it's that. It's very like 1984 Terminator. It's like, I was going to say oh, Predator. Oh, man. Yeah. Good shot, John, here. She's just getting like the oh, red crosshairs. Nice. My Walt Gollinger pose. I'm a little like compulsive and anal about like n- knowing which is what. A little. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you just writing John on do. the back of it? Yeah. Forget yeah. 680. I've got to get, I've still got a problem SLR. with that. With your negatives or your instance? My uh, negatives in the sense that I just took three rolls to... Target yesterday to test a couple cameras, and I got back, and I didn't know what. So, uh, but luckily, I I I remembered. Oh, I brought that home, took a picture of that cat. That you know, whatever. My cameras are all so distinctive that I I just know by looking at them. Like, oh, that's clearly the brownie Mm. plastic lenses or whatever. Paul, thank you very much. It's really really appreciated. We test all the cameras. We set up contests. We spread everything around, which is awesome. We given anything away today. I actually, I have a box over there with uh, some Spectra cameras, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Oh. I love my Spectra. Yeah. Also Polaroid, Polaroid Spectra. Here is uh, a letter. Do we have one letter or two letters? Real quick here. Let's see what this is. This is a little letter that came. It says, Mike Rasso, a.k.a. AKA the man. The oh, man. man. That's great. <laughs> AKA. Wow. Uh, dear Michael, thanks for the offer to send me a working flash gun in exchange for uh, my broken one. Basically, people email me and like have such a minor problem with yeah. the battery. Wow, uh, you know, so I'm usually if they're in the United States, it's easy to ship back and forth. I'm like, you'll hook them up. Yeah, just send it in, and I'll just fix yeah. you up. Or, yeah. 
I have a flash. All the wires are like, okay, great, no problem. Doing Dane, something secret. Dane, no, 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 Dane's digging into his stash. He's I know. I was going to say, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to make noise. I'm trying to. I was going to. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah. I, was, I was going to begin <laughs> a Flickr account until I saw the quality of artistic photos out there. Uh, I'm not sure if my beginner fo- photographs would be an embarrassment. Oh, stop! Oh, no. do it. Are you kidding no. me? No, this community is not like that. No. No, my favorite part is the the one shots you you like think you got a good one and you put that one up and then you put some other stuff up and then half the time it's the stuff that gets favorited and commented is all like why are they commenting stuff you on had no that? idea about <laughs> yeah and they love it, and that's you know so you, it's yeah it's all about just getting it up never there. I took a I have thousands of pictures on Flickr and I just I took a picture of our of our Polaroid wall to test a camera <laughs> and somebody favorited the other day I'm like it's just a picture of pictures <laughs> what <laughs> why is that a favorite well, I don't get it. The beautiful thing we're yeah. talking about online Flickr.com or even Photo Bucket there are other other sites uh, face Photo Bucket. Give me a bucket. I'm going to photo into it. Even the Facebook. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you post images online, like Mark, you're mentioning, you put the most mundane picture up. You're like, oh, whatever. But it means something to somewhere else. Yeah. Someone else somewhere in the world. else in the world. Yeah. So if, you know, I see shots put up by folks in the UK, it's like a corner with a fish and chips. Right. And it's like a newsstand yeah. with like some, you know, different uh, British clean. tabloids. And I'll favor it because I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, Because yeah. yep. that's a view you don't get to see out no. your window. No. And yeah. even like, you know, I'm so sick of shooting Butler, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's an angle I haven't covered or, mm-hmm. you know, yep. may mean something to somebody, someone, someone else. Yeah. So, I'm also right. pretty obsessive about uh, geotagging and tag, oh, just yeah. tag tagging pictures no, too. So we get a lot. So I like to just go into the, like on Flickr, go into the map and just zoom in on... Huh. A certain area, and then no see kidding. what other pictures people have taken in that uh, area, yeah, which, is, which is cool. cool. Too. Says you have truly pushed my interest in photography, which I oh. thank you for. Uh, land cameras temperamental, but I'm having fun experimenting with it. Yes, those some of those cameras can be a little temperamental. It's all a matter of uh, you have to understand it's to get to know your camera. You yeah. do. I mean, I had the same thing. The first I took, the first one I took looked great. The second one I took was black. The next one I took mm-hmm. black. I remember Next you were I took, like, everything's black. Perfect. What's the matter? And it was now. my yeah. me just being yeah. a, you know, just getting a feel for it. Now it's like, you know, you get your the same camera and it's. Yeah. And you wait, the, wait for the, the cool second thing. click. That's, wait that's the, the key. <laughs> wait for the second click. <laughs> but that's also the cool thing about it, getting to try and know a piece of machinery. Yep. Exactly. You know, yep. instead of just, you know, touching your iPod. Turn screen. it on. Signature line is you rock, love, little Lisa. This is a great last name. It's it's beautiful last name. Tramontana. Tramantana. Tramantana. Lisa yeah. Tramantana. Lisa Tramantana. Yeah, beautiful. Ah. I loved you. And the best thing, yeah. <laughs> the best thing is uh, Lisa knitted me a scarf. Oh. oh. That's, that's a, that that's a fine really scarf. Nice. Look at that. Gorgeous. Now the... Uh, it matches very nicely, actually. Where's your flash? I'm going to go. There. I'm going real slow. I haven't built him oh, one I'll, yet. I'll, I'll be yeah, real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh. Why is this? Nice. That's such a weird noise. I love it. Sounds like a bomb's about to go off. It's Mr. Rangefinder over there. I'm doing this right. Someone hold up a candle so we can focus. Yeah, it's really? Right. <laughs> it works. It's it works. A, it's a new uh, phenomenon for me, a rangefinder. It's like I see the microphone is in. Some professional photographers' uh, weddings would have a, a light, a, yeah. a, a little uh, pilot light. Pilot light, because yeah. focus is like impossible oh, exactly. in a wedding hall. Yeah, well, that's the, yeah. I only have one rangefinder, and it's. Yeah, laser possible. That goes on their forehead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Cobra. Yeah, shit. Oh, that's a good idea. Lights Adding a laser forward. beam to my answer. Uh, like, oh, no, they found me. They found me. Folks out there, you could put pen to paper or uh, typewriter uh, to send us a type letter. And, and you didn't say that Lisa had very lovely hand oh, my writing. Did you see that hand? I saw that first. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. As beautiful as the scarf. Yes. Very yes. thoughtful. Thank you very much, Lisa. 
Using uh, a camera as a camera stand. We're at P.O. Box 152 in Butler, New Jersey, USA. Butler, New Jersey. 07405. Ah. In case you, will, you feel inspired to write a letter. Or knit a sweater to match your scarf. <laughs> <laughs> what Can other you, letters you got, Mike? Uh, I got a few things here I want to go over. Or should I save this one? Maybe I'll save this one. Hey, really fast, I'd like to uh, barrel through this. This is from Marcello. Hey, Marcello. I just picked up five automatic land cameras and one roll film camera. Nice. Uh, a 100, 320, 420, 104, and a Polaroid 800 for wow. 30 bucks. Instant collection. Yeah. A 100 <laughs> was in there? Yeah. yeah. All the cameras are in pristine condition and all have the uh, automatic land cameras, had spotless battery compartments, except the 100. Yeah. The 100 uh, is clean, except there's corrosion on one of the leads. I tried to clean off most of the corrosion with vinegar, but when I, white vinegar, I hope. But when I put the other one, you got a salad. Balsamic. <laughs> mm. But when I put the battery, the shutter is not working. My guess is I may have to resolder the, a new lead. There you go. Yes. Well, biggest problem. I get letters all the time, all the time. Folks are buying new batteries off the FPP store, and they're hooking it up, and the camera's Nothing. not working. And people are not even noticing that. Oh, it's the corrosion on here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure that there's no corrosion on the leads. Yes. Or the film's not going to get power. No. Yep. Or if you're on eBay or Craigslist or wherever, always ask the question, is there are corrosion? The, is there corrosion? Because if you're bidding on the camera, yeah. unless you're ready to rewire, you or may you may want to move on. Sometimes you have yeah. to just I've had a lot of luck with nail files. Like you're, you really? have to like get in there and file. Really? I've cleaned it, it's shiny, but there's still like a there's still tarnish a in, the, in the actual part. So I, I hit it with a nail file, the points. I've saved like Five cameras that way. Wow. We're just, you there know, you go. with the nail file. Like Most a, of those like land cameras are cheap enough that even if spend an extra $2 and you'll get one that's pristine. What kind here. of nail file? Like no, a, anything. I was just, you're just doing your nails. What brand of oh, nail one file? Of those? Brand, oh, L'Oreal. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. No, I didn't know if you were talking metal file. Or no, just no, just a, re- a, re- oh. a re- oh. No, just a nail file. Just the regular. Just the, what I had handy. Here's a letter from Tony Kwong. Ah. Remember Tony? Sure. Tony is a super friend of FPP. Always sent yeah. his letters, yeah, goods, guy. film. He says, I got this film super cheap at about 25 cents a roll. Wow. I have too many bricks to fit in my fridge. Oh, man. Give them out with giveaways, et cetera. Thanks, Tony K. All right, uh, this, Tony. I'm almost positive Aris the EDU is from Tony. Oh, wow. awesome. Also included is, <laughs> this is the best part. Bricks. Yeah, what's a, what's a brick of film in, in, entail? Is that like a pallet? Oh, I see. <laughs> a pallet. That'd be awesome. Good to work. I accidentally had bought 25,000 rolls. Beep. Also included in my favorite cookie. Tim Tam. Oh, Tim wow. Tam. Wow. From Australia. Break Tim them out, Tam. baby. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Enjoy during a recording session. Oh, Tony, we will. Yes. I can. This is we sent great. you the crinkliest Tony cookies Clark. ever right. to yep. enjoy during yeah. a recording session. And I looked it up, and it's true. Australia's favorite cookie, Tim Tam. Made by Pepperidge Farms. Look yep. at that. Tim Tam. I didn't know they had their greasy corporate mitts into uh, Australia. <laughs> Uh, Tony, thank you very much. Yeah, the thanks. film is great, but the cookies are even better. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, film good, but thanks for the cookies. Uh, our good film. friend Bill Millen in the UK sent some chocolates that never even made it out of my office. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. That's not nice. <laughs> it's not. She's share. Just be, be, be careful of the crumbs. Give me a Tim Tam and knock it off. Each cookie has its own compartment. That's all right. Each Deluxe. cookie is enrobed. These are yeah. from uh, all the way from Australia. Thanks. Well, no, uh, once a year. Oh, those are good. Once a year, they distribute to the U.S. for like one month. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're excellent. Oh, wow. Mm. Crocodile Dundee. And the great proof. thing, I'll leave them out wherever you guys want. Ooh, they have a little coconut to them in the back taste. The best thing about Tim Tams are or any, like, like, you, like, who, like, you just don't even know about it. Mm. Nope, never nope. heard of them. But if you go to Amazon, you can just buy it. Mm. Oh. Yeah. 
Wow. The same thing with Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. After the Costco Fest. Iced coffee. Mr. Who? Mr. Brown. Wow. Hey, let's take a quick break while we sit here and Tim Tam it up. Tim Tam. Do you want icy cold? You want icy cold? Cold. I know. Put it in and get a cold one. I'm getting another Tim Tam. Tim Tam. Wow. Wow. Hey, it's Mike Rosso here to tell you about FPP's events and meetups in 2012. That's right, events and meetups in 2012. I don't have all the times, facts, and figures right now, but you can go to filmphotographyproject.com and check out the current events. Here's a quick rundown. At the end of May, you're going to find the FPP gang in New York City for our second New York City photo walk. New York York City City Photo Photo Walk. Date will be announced on the FPP site, filmphotographyproject.com. Check it out. The event's being organized by Dan Domi with the help of Michael Kalia, myself, Matt Marash. The whole gang will be there. If you're in the area, please do consider stopping by. FPP in the UK. That's right. FPP in the UK. It looks like early June, both myself, John Fideli, Dane Johnson... New FPP guy Mark, and who knows who else will show up at the FPP meetup in London, UK. Details will be developing. Check out the site, filmphotographyproject.com. Once again, organized by FPP UK correspondent Darren Pancho Riley. We're looking forward to having another blast. Hopefully folks who showed up last year will come down and hang out. And hopefully some folks who couldn't make it last year will come down. We're really looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you. You hear about the buzz in Aperture Tremont? That's right. The Aperture Store is having an amazing Analog Analog Pulse Pulse weekend, weekend, June 29th, 30th. And July 1st, 2012, this year in Cleveland, Ohio. This is, without a doubt, the film photography blowout of the year. If you're in, around, or maybe fly in, drive in, take your bicycle to Aperture Store Tremont on June 29th, 30th, and 31st. Three days of events with an opening reception held at Aperture on the 29th. And they're planning some super fun events, walks, networking, and experiments. Get your cameras ready. Get your bags packed and head to the city by the lake. I'll be there. Matt Marash will be there. I hear some other people will be there too. Maybe Alex from Canada. Maybe Dan Domi. Maybe Dane Johnson. Who else will be there? We don't know. But we'll be there. So come on down. More news very soon. Mm, That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know it seems far away, but the end of October, FPP will We'll be back at the PDM Photo Expo in New York City. We had a blast this time, and this year, I guarantee you, it's going to be bigger. That's right. Join myself, Matt, John Fideli, and who knows who else. John Bon Jovi, what are you doing here? You never know who's going to show up. That's the wrap-up right now. As you can see, things are bubbling. Things are happening. Filmphotographypodcast.com. Go to the site. See what's happening. Look forward to seeing you soon. Remember what fun you had when you got your first Polaroid camera? Watching your pictures develop and the fun of sharing those pictures on the spot? Remember that party that didn't take off until you started taking pictures? Those shots of Herbert explaining the gross national product did it. 
Well, those people are coming back tonight. So go out and get some Polaroid film and get out your camera again. It's right where you left it. Up in the closet. Under the hat. Did you know that this year there is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion? Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey, here's Matt Mirage with The Cure for Gas. Hey everybody, Matt Mirage here. I'm going to talk to you today about the cure for gas. Gas is the insatiable gear acquisition syndrome that we all suffer from, whether it be digital photography, film photography, just any sort of photography. We love gear. It's cool. It's new. It's different. It's rare. It's any sort of things. Whatever it is, we want it at some point in time. What do we do about gas? It's getting sunny out and it's getting nice, and i kind of been feeling lately like, huh, the gas hasn't been flaring up as much as it was when it was snowy outside. And, you know, my hypothesis on gas is when you are not out shooting, gas flares up like there is no tomorrow. A couple weeks ago, I was almost snowed in the house, and I, I just started looking at these rangefinder cameras, and I was like, oh, man, I need this and that, and, oh, they all look good. Which one's sharpest? And I was just, you know, I found myself sending hours on the computer. It's three in the morning. Why don't you just go out and shoot with what you have? You have plenty of cameras. And it just clicked. Like, that's all I need to do. All I need to do is get out and shoot. If you get out and shoot, you're not going to feel the gas. You're going to care about the image you set out with the goal of making some images, whether it be a nice day or a crummy day, just get out there and shoot. When you're out in a shooting, I find my, you know, my gas just kind of goes goes by the wayside. I care about the image. I care about going back to the darkroom and developing some film or making some prints. So when you, in your periods of most inactivity, you're going to feel that gas. And what do you do to cure it? Go out and shoot. Make a YouTube video. Make a blog post. Do anything you can to get your mind off of that that just that little bug in your head that says oh it'll be better if i have new gear because we all get that from time to time and even though i'm still probably going to buy a rangefinder camera somewhere down the road it's been put off it's been staved a little bit because i got out and made some images so that's my cure for gas if you have any of your own cures for gas please send them into the film photography podcast uh podcast at filmphotographyproject.com yo Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and long live film. Hey, we're back. Hey, you guys, we just talked about, you know, Matt just talked about gas, gear acquisition sure. syndrome. Yes. I mean, you guys are seem... <sighs> oh. How do you explain you that wanna, you want I know get... where my gas comes from. Right. And from, I think, from being a musician, you constantly are uh, looking for the next, like, you put different guitar. I saw a bunch, obviously, anybody's seen the pictures of the studio. We have a, lot, a lot of guitars. You have gas A lot of pedals. I, back when I, you know, when I was running the studio, uh, back at Grizzly Labs, it was, I would have to have every piece of rack gear for, the, oh, there's this compressor, this mic pre, oh, this microphones, you know, everything had to be, so you get used to <clears throat> trying out, you know, because you never know when that, I don't want to say never know, but there's going to be that time that comes out where, uh, that one thing is going to be perfect for that. And, right. Or you might get surprised. You know. So what happens... That sounds crazy. Yeah, exactly. So the idea... If the cameras work right into that with, like, I have a lot of pedals for my guitar. So I 
you know, dozens. Two pedal boards. So yeah. one of my pedal Two boards, large is, pedal boards is practically all five five fuzz boxes. Mm-hmm. Most people use a distortion box. I have five different. They all have their own sound. Fuzz box. So it's like filtering. It's like you know. So using these all these cheap cameras and finding ones that have their own kind of signature mm-hmm. is like a to me. It's like fuzz boxes. So I'm like. So you got a gazillion fuzz boxes. So there. it's like I know when I take, and it's like the thing we were talking about. We were talking about before, Mike. You're we like. Uh, it's so like, hmm, which one do I take? I'm going to the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll stand here for so, 20 minutes. Exactly. So I have to like, uh, and, and and then I and there's always that one that you're like, either it fits right in the pocket or it's or you're just you're going to some place you're taking a bag, whatever, or you're going somewhere where Polaroids everybody will get a kick out of the Polaroids. Yeah, yeah. Or you're going somewhere you want to be more discreet, whatever. So the idea is that you can go to that and. For one thing, is it does make a conversation piece where you're there, not whether you like it or not. People are like, "Whoa, what is yeah, that? Of is that a Leica?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "No, it's a Konica C35." <laughs> no, it's a Nikita. Who? <laughs> awesome. Sh- no, because people think that anything that looks like a film camera is not a real. It's a digital camera, but yeah. it's a Leica. So anyway, I'm like, I laugh. So what you end up doing is, uh, is then when you get the pictures back and all that, and and of whatever wherever you went, you have that kind of that vibe of the cameras imprinted on the night even. So now mm, you're like, no doubt. So That's you can actually. You know, whether even that goes for the film too. Right. You choose black and white, or you choose color. Or you because you're saying a lot of your cameras have their own unique uh, way of capturing mm-hmm. the 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 night. And that's so what I speak. go for. It's like that's kind of a. I think of them as like a uh, a vibe in a way. You know, hmm. and it's like uh, and it, it just adds instead of just having a bunch of really good pictures taken on a digital camera, right. you actually don't know what. Now, do you find that with some of these more eccentric cameras that give, you know, light leaks or, you know, whatever, do you find that people like the images besides you? Because my mother hates them. No, my my wife doesn't My mother hates them. She's like, uh, the Holga images, and like when I do the blurred backgrounds on the Olympic stylist, she's like, can't you take a normal No, no, I get that all the time. But then again, that's, you know, I know. She always makes me take one with a regular camera, too. Family. (laughs) Family. Take one digital, and then you can play around Okay, now take a real picture, she says. (laughs) Okay, yeah, funny. you know, the setup sometimes can be, Ooh. everybody, hold still. This is going to yeah. be a two-second exposure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nobody move. What? what? For me, the gas is, continues this every time, like, when I find out there's something mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, wow, I really like the effect of that. Whereas another one that's kind of in that rain, I, you know. Uh, is the same same apply to, mu- like, you have a lot of guitars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, surrounding the walls, is that, like, different guys in the band, or is that yours? Or how- Mine are mostly on my wall yeah. by, mm-hmm. where, by the window where I usually stand, and then marks are on over by, on the opposite side. Yeah. By the- and you have your favorites, but sometimes you take down one? Like, tonight, that's the thing, smooth. I'm, like, I'm thinking today, you know, we got smooth tonight. I'm like, hmm, what am I going to play? What, do I, what right. haven't I played in a while? Right. Or what's going to be... Funky for tonight. What zone are we playing in yeah, tonight? Yeah, exactly. And so you just choose based. Choose your weapon, sir. Exactly. Yeah. And that goes for the amp, the effects you use, the, yeah. the way you, the mics you use on the, the cabinet to, mm-hmm. yeah. to how you record it, you know, to, so. <clears throat> Mark, how are you coping with gas? And how do you judge what, what you're going to buy, what you're not going to buy? Well, I actually, I come from it from a completely different direction because as, uh, as like a designer and builder of instruments and things, I like cameras that are different so most of my cameras are something that's really unique that you know had some weird technology they only made them for a couple of years they're made by companies that no one's ever heard of so um, that's why i said earlier you know i almost feel guilty shooting with my minolta xgm slr because it's just so easy and i mean the pictures it takes are beautiful but there's nothing crazy about it like my favorite camera i'm using right now is um this is a 1945 uh a univex mercury 2 and the guy it's that crazy looking. Yeah, awesome. it looks like a parking meter. It's like some kind of <laughs> steampunk parking meter. But 
the guy that started the company, he wasn't a camera designer, and he, you know, he wasn't a photography guy. So um, they thought, oh, let's throw a rotary shutter on it, and let's make it do this and that, and it's got, you know, it'll do a thousandth of a second, and it'll, you know, it does all these weird. It's got moving parts in the front when you shoot it. Yeah, when you actually shoot it, the, the wheels on the front spin. It's quite a um, thing. It was, to this was the first old. camera ever that had a hot shoe. Hot right? shoe. Yeah, from 1945. This has a hot Which shoe. Which of course you modified. Uh, well, because it, it was not a standardized hot shoe. Okay. Um, so I modified it to take just a regular, you know, regular. Now something flash. that unusual. Do you find very inexpensively on eBay? This particular camera is one of the most expensive I own, but it is. I got because it's so rare. I think just because it's so weird. A lot of people kind of collect them just because they look good on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Collectors like them because it takes regular thirty-five millimeter film, regular cartridges. It mostly works like a regular no camera. No fuss, no muss, but it's very interesting. Yeah, it's not a rangefinder. It has like a Galilean type viewfinder. Galileo, so you have to, Galileo. You have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to so judge it. So what did you end up paying for that? This I got for like thirty dollars, thirty-one dollars. You have to use an expensive camera purchase. That's that's pretty expensive. Yeah. And what's it called again? This is the the Univex Mercury Two. Is it thirty-five millimeter? Univex. Yeah, just regular thirty-five Mercury cartridge. The, the the original Mercury came out in the uh, late thirties, I think, and that was. Um, that took a proprietary Univex cartridge. Right. So those are not worth as much now because you can't you haven't been able to buy film for them yeah. since the fifties. But yeah, this just takes regular thirty. Is that how you judge when you like looking online? You're looking for something unusual that you could that that I can use. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't ever. I, I mean, the Mercury, the original Mercury, is smaller and a little slicker, but there it would be very difficult to use it. So I probably wouldn't get one of those. Yeah. Because I'd either have to hollow it out to take thirty five, which I don't think I could do because it's the whole thing is made Cast. out of. Yeah, the, the body of this is actually made out of a cast um, magnesium alloy. Like, it's really... Yeah. S- Bulletproof. Yeah, it's literally... I mean, it's, it's solid. It's about a pound and a half. Oh. Um, or one, I'd have to re-roll my own universe. Here's one now uh, for 200 bucks. Buy it now. Can I ask you guys a question? Wow, these are all really expensive, Mark. They're like 245 Well, look at completed auctions and look at the ones that actually yeah, those sold. Yeah, buy, those buy I mean, now people are just... They're crazy. The I got They're it pretty. Totally. I got it pretty cheap for thirty, but they usually they, they top out around. Hey, these are top rated so. sellers. I haven't yeah. uh, <laughs> bought anything by it now in so long, just because it's always a rip off almost. And, and mine was also kind of gummed up. Did you get the up, instruction so. manual? There's uh, one here for eight bucks. I know. I, yeah. No, I figured it out on my own. But yeah, that would be nice to have. <laughs> that would complete the. <laughs> would complete the the, the, the See, so are you a completist like <laughs> that? Funny. No. Because I. That's where I get my gas. Because I, I like to complete things. Uh, oh, there was a lens made for it. That well, that's how I am with lens. Land cameras. So, yeah. so as, as we were talking about today, I just got a set of telephoto like wide-angle lenses pork. for my land camera, and I'm constantly like, oh, I need to get the portrait kit and the close-up mm-hmm. kit, and I need to get the cloud filter and the UV filter, and the, yeah. like, I want to get all that stuff for my land camera, but, but it because it's, it's like a finite collection. Uh, actually, I mean, with the Univex, this, I believe, I've, I've read a rumor that um, this, this lens just screws off, and I've read a rumor that this is actually just a C-mount lens. Hmm. So if I could dig up some old... You know, movie lenses. Yeah, movie camera lenses. Uh, this just screws right up. What is right the Bolex lens? C-mount. Oh, jeez. So, oh, oh, boy. Yeah. We might be able to... Cause boy, this, oh, boy. I have... This you camera has the... do with the Bolex lenses. This has the 2.7 on it, but the, they did make a 2.0 for it, which uh, I would love to be able to dig up one day. So, uh, anything on the horizon now, you guys on eBay, that you're stalking right now? Huh. I have slowed down. The flea market season is coming oh, yes. soon. Yes. So yes. We've, we've I'm already trying got hard trip. not to buy stuff yeah. on now, the when dirt you, tarp guy. When you guys love find it. a camera that you love, yeah. do you find yourself getting it back up like a second? I'm curious how many people who have gas get a second of the same model. I, I haven't 
I haven't actually done except for the, again except for the Polaroids and my my Kodak Bellows cameras, which I have tons of. Um, I would like Hello. to have a spare Univex. I'd like to have a cleaner one. And I also my other main favorite camera is an Ansco Mark M, which is a, a weird old rangefinder. Weird. And I would camera. love to have a spare one of these too, because this one is actually yeah. a, getting a little rickety. But uh, there's too many different cameras to buy to focus on buying multiples of the same one. Right. Yeah. So well, I'm loving the. Uh, I got the Konica C35 at uh, Rangefinder at uh, the Salvation Army, $5. And I actually wanted the flash. Came with the Sunpak 120 with the PC cable. I'm like, that'll be great on a land camera. So I got it home. I cleaned it up. And I'm like, hey, this is actually all right. Put a battery in it. Took took some shots with it. It's super sharp. It's like really... This camera. This camera has really got some great shots up on... uh, I got them up on the Flickr under the Konica C35. Konica C35. It is a $5 camera. And it's all metal. Metal. And it's like... But it's got... It just takes, it's got a good range, solid range finder in it, and you can actually use. And, and uh, someone tried to like break in here. <laughs> I, somebody dropped it, I guess. Yeah, hey, get out of there. So, what I did with that is I liked that one. So, then I, on eBay, I got looking, kind of looking up how much they might be worth, you know, as you do. I found the Konica C35AF, which was. It looks newer. Yeah, this is the two years later, I think, only. But what it was, was it was the AF2, sorry. And from what I remember looking up when I, before I bought it, it's one of the first. Uh, it's actually the same camera, practically the same like lens and everything. But and it's still a rangefinder, but it was one of the first ones to use a processor to line up the ghost image. So instead of well, you looking through, yeah, so You're it's, got kidding. A, it's got a motor in it. So when you take a it's, picture, it's weird, yeah. You, you can hear it focusing as it goes. So it's got like a zit, and it kind of says focus shoot. It can focus you do shoot. it manual or no? No, it just only does auto. So you just set the ASA. Auto. You just have to you trust like it. You like the C35 better? You know, this is easier. I mean, I have gotten shots with that thing, which because just from the hip, you can just, and it's really sharp, but not as sharp as some of the ones I've gotten with the C35, which and is kind of funny. Are these cameras, both of these, uh, what I call family, family approved? In other words, that one sh- is. Uh, yeah, these probably would be. You yeah. get good these shots. Aren't funky. And your family isn't right. like John's mother. Right. Well, yeah. Thank exactly. your pardon. But why is the picture blurry? Yeah, but the uh, C35, the manual, the the one, even though it says automatic, it, I guess it does an automatic through the exposure side right. of it. But it actually has a it has an, a B setting on it too, so you can actually bulb? be in a dark bulb, yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. bulb on it, and and do shoot with the flash and do whatever you want too. So what cameras are upsetting your family? <laughs> Mine is uh, usually it's going to be it actually into a therapy session. <laughs> uh, it, it would be uh, some of the, the impossible stuff. She'd okay. say, "What is you know? currently upsetting your family?" Yeah, because it's going to uh, change. It would be uh, like mainly the toy stuff, like the Boehner, which is like a Diana thing. Oh. The, John, right next the to the bear. I'm sorry to interrupt. Next mm-hmm. to the bear, there's a tan- canister. You can pull that over here if you want. Snacking. Oh my god. And uh, the Boehner. Like, the the ba- ba- remember the Boehner's the one that's the Diana knockoff. That's all yeah. rusty. It's plastic. Lens. Oh, one of your first cameras. Uh, yep, it yeah. was the first 120 I had. Yeah. So I just posted some shots up. Yeah, those a few are days awesome. ago. They are crazy. Did you drill that? No, that, that one I didn't do anything to. That oh. one I just, it's just light leaks. That's right. Uh, here's a quick letter from Christian, Polaroid and Classic Photography. At uh, He's at www.polakuece.de. Hmm. One more time. Hmm. P-O-L-A-K-U-E-C-H-E dot D-E. Christian says, my name is Christian. I live in, uh-oh. <laughs> Spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like. W U P P E R T A L Germany. Wuppertal. Wuppertal. Isn't that your neck of the woods, Mark? Yeah. And I'm gonna. You're from Germany? No. From Canada. I don't know what he's. Yeah, I'm from Canada. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm an enthusiastic film photographer, especially with Polaroid material. Uh, 
both uh, the impossible folks over in Europe and folks in Europe, they call them the film material. Ah. Yeah, Polaroid material. I own different models like the SX-70, SLR-680, the Image Spectra, and several pack film land cameras. For 35 millimeter and medium format, I own about 30 different cameras. I So you see, awesome. I love film. Well, mm. so do we. Yeah. yeah. Amateur. <laughs> I'm, an also, <laughs> I'm also a listener of your great internet radio show, and I want to say thank you for your wonderful podcast. As an acknowledgement of my gratitude, I have a camera and film donation for you yeah. guys. Oh. It's a Hamafo model P56L from 1956. Holy smokes. Here it is. Cool. If not anything else, I'm that learning that there are a gazillion camera makers out there. Oh, you can never run out of See, cameras. that's my kind of camera. That's Look just that. weird looking. Ooh, With a green winder. I'm looking at like one of those on eBay right now. Uh, it's built in the early 50s in East Germany. Ah. Yeah. Wow. The P56L really, is an export version made under license from Hama in West Germany. Okay. It takes medium format film. Oh, screws. Yes, you have to click it out. <laughs> the lens in order to... Oh, I've seen yep, those. Yeah, yep. yeah. The lens you have to actually... Screw out instead of bellowing wow. out. You crazy. Yep. Uh, he also included there. I, sh- I, I should I should have brought it over from the office. He also included 35 millimeter uh, adapter that he made, so you could use 35 in there. Oh, cool. He made the little widgets. Yeah. W- yeah. Packing peanuts. Oh. I want. I th- Christian. I want to thank you. That's awesome. That's this cool camera, camera, which I'm gonna load like right that. now, if John would hand it back I to me. I wanna thank you for being yourself. It's a uh, model P 56L. Hamafo, it's H-A-M-A-P-H-O-T. The, uh, the lens screws out, as you noticed, John. It's fabulous. Clicks open. That's the only way you can use it. It takes a flash. It has a cold shoe. Cold shoe? Brr. I have, like, ice cream. I have, like, cake on this flash. Did you shoot mm. a uh, party with that? I may have. Got too close to the cake, yeah. did you? I'm putting the Vivitar 252 <clears throat> flash on here. I'm going to load up this camera real quick. We should, we're overdue for a that break. you got to put it on the flash on the lens. And that's a oh, yeah. great-looking camera. See, that is Take right up my alley right there. Put it on flash. Let's uh, hear one of our uh, spots about our uh, FPP store. Yeah, yeah why not? Hey. That's right. Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here to talk about the Film Photography Store. That's right, Film Photography Podcast. We have our own store, filmphotographystore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid Pack camera, like the Color Pack 2, or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid, Polaroid Polo 108. I think, oh, I, think yeah. I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. Mm. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're back. Just floating up the Hamafro. Still? Yeah. Hamafro. Yeah, when I get... I love the golden green on that. That's so This is a really sweet camera. Let me put a roll of film in there. That is sweet. Oh, sure. Hammer throw. That is sweet. 
Hanafo, Hamafo. It does it special. It is. Yeah, I, see, I can't wait to see some shots off. Yeah. See, see some shots off of that thing. By the way, those are Mark's favorite parts in the podcast where we all just sit and go, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. oh look at that. Oh, that's look, cool. it does Ooh, this. Look at now. Oh. Whoa, look yeah. at that. Oh, Anyways, man. gone to a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out how to. I mean, I loaded this already, so I'm just having a stupid moment here. Stoops. Uh, sometimes, folks out there, you may notice you have like stupid moments. <laughs> Maybe you got to retract them. You, I have, you look in the you look in the little end. I think I have plenty of really stupid moments. Like Damn. yeah, like I wish uh, I had video of you just turning this camera over. Endlessly. I'm like a monkey, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, this is we a, got it. This is a good chance for a 3D <laughs> oh. photo. Yeah, Dane has a 40, crazy 4D camera. Hey, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Dane has <laughs> Nashika. He has La Femme Nashika. And I didn't even give it to him. I'm having a real stupid moment right All now. All right, stupid, hold still. <laughs> Everyone say stupid moment. Now I'm going to get annoyed. Stoops. Oh, I know it. No. you got to no, retract the smash lens. It. It's not by the lens. No, I'm saying you got you can't do it with the lens open, <laughs> oh, I don't smash. think. Smash. Okay, here's the, here's the seam. Okay. Probably slides this way. What about this thing? Oh, stoops. Oh. There you go. There's a lever next to the uh, take-up, so it just pops right off. Yeah. Very simple Man, mechanics. Nice I'm going to put some film in here quickly. Should uh, we take a break? Yeah, so for the rest of the world who can't see this. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, let me let me get through a few quick things here. Sure. Well, there's no way to no, quickly no, totally load that camera. Yeah, sure there is. Come on. Look, he's doing Should it. Should I time you? He's doing it. He's there. almost done. It's the telephoto. Oh, yeah, here. Take my 440. Use your no, not the 250. Nice focus on this. What do you want, black, white, or color? Yeah, no, I don't. Well, I focus uh, on his face. No, I mean, I oh, I'm just saying you get a nice depth camera. of field with it. And a hot shoe. Hot shoe. Hot shoe. Hot shoe. We're going to read a few more quick letters, then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk to Mark about mods, and then we're going to be done. Okay. So I'm still loading the Hamafo. You're looking for the one? You managed to get it open. I got it. Number one. Number one. Tim Tam. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, folks, hey, we have so many letters that's overwhelming, we're not going to get through them all, so I'm going to start talking real fast. Okay. So I'll just shut that flash off if you don't mind. Okay, right. I will. This is from Marlon. Marlon says, hey guys, I was listening to an old podcast of The Shoe, and I ran, actually says S-H-O-E. Um, <laughs> what shoe? And ran across one where you had on Pink Delicates. Yes. There were a couple of songs they played live, I'd love to get my hands on, and do not appear on Who Stole the Quiet Day. Mm. I believe one was called Connect You. Oh. That's a new one, right? That's unreleased. Oh, it's not on the new EP either? Not going to be coming out on the new EP. But you know what? Could be a different song because remember, I played them on the show, but I mixed up all the names. Oh, it could be. That's right. Mike Mike totally screwed up the songs and their titles. I know this is slightly off topic of FPP, but I would like to be able to support such superb artistic endeavors. That's nice. Thank you. I responded. It's from Greg McNeil, who's from Scotland. So how would you say Greg McNeil? Oh, Greg McNeil. <laughs> I didn't know you spoke Scottish. Oh, hey, of course you do. Read this, you read oh, this no, Lassie. <laughs> oh, hi. Hey, Mike there and the FPP crew. I just <laughs> wanted to write to say you guys once again how much I love the work you're doing. Uh-oh. Wow, that and how much the podcast means to me. Okay, you're a little, you're a little shaky. You're, you're you're I've been addicted since uh, episode three. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. <laughs> That's that. That's it. Also, want to let you know that I'm barking on a project involving Lomokino. Oh yes, Lomokino. I'm uh. attempting to create sync sound music video with little camera. I don't, I don't know, know where, where your going. accent's going. It's going, yeah, it's going. I think it's really little, little, little check off went, there. Uh, yeah. Went east, far yeah. east. Oh, Lomokino. With my little camera, I'm writing about the whole process. You can view it here at uh, www.elbm.blogspot.co.uk backslash. 
I'll be writing about how I intend to create this little film and the technical challenges I'll be facing. It should be a great project, and I'm looking forward to the journey. Cheers, Greg McNeil. We're, we're going to oh, t- talk all about Lomo Kino and Super 8 film, oh, yeah. filmmaking in another episode. Here's a letter from uh, Jim Blicky. He says, in your discussion on the 12 most important cameras, the, co- the comments on the Leica R-Series and Nikon FM-10 are wrong. Oh. <gasps> ah, cold ah. out. Ah. <laughs> ah. All right. Take it easy there, yeah, Godzilla. Like that. Well, what <laughs> if that was Jim when he was typing the letter. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a good one. Uh, the reason for the low price on the R-Series Leica SLR is because they were based on the Minolta chassis. Lights back in the night. Listen, I may be mispronouncing that. L e i t z. Back in the nineteen seventies, was struggling financially and entered into a joint venture with Minolta to help engineer and build thirty-five millimeter cameras. Minolta actually built the CL rangefinder, though it was engineered by Litz. And to cut development costs, used the Minolta XE seven chassis for the Leica R three. Wow! Seems like he knows what he's talking about, Mike. I'm sure he does. As for, see, we don't. Yes. Well, listen, we try, and we try not to stress on, like, this is not a, like a podcast where we're, we're dictating right. fact. We're, we're pushing... Just a bunch of jerks with cameras. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're talking about, right? It's a letter yeah, like this. Right. Oh, as for the Nikon FM10, this camera is not built by Nikon, but Casina. Casina built mm. a lot of 35-millimeter cameras, mainly the Bessa rangefinder line, and builds the FM10 mm. for Nikon too. The FM10 is based on the Casina CT1 chassis. Hope this helps, Jim B. Wow. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, it's just does. like car companies. I had no idea cameras companies did Same. that. Same. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to squeeze as many letters as I can. I wonder That's my, my Ansco Mark M, which I keep, I keep plugging. Uh, the Ansco Mark M was uh, identical in every way to the Ricoh 999, which was sold in Japan. Huh. Um, well, maybe it was made. They were, they were all made in, in the U.S., but... You know, overseas, it was called the Rico. Here, it was called the Ansco Mark. Same thing. Here's a letter from Vince Barr. Vince Vince. says, got to tell you, everything arrived quick and as described. This is uh, about an order at the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. Another happy customer. Dang, isn't it true that your order actually arrives before you place it? It does. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, As soon as I received my flash units, he bought the FPP electronic flash. Mm -hmm. That uh, um, For the Polaroid. For the Polaroid. (laughs) I had to try them out right away, and I got to tell you, they worked beautifully. Now that I have an electronic flash from my grandfather's old Polaroid, nice. these are the best ones where people like get yeah. their grandparents' mm-hmm. camera yeah. out. Sure. Uh, my future daughter-in-law wanted them for her wedding, April 21st. Oh, look at that. And I searched high and low for the bulbs for the 268 flash gun, but there were no guarantees on the, that the bulbs were going to work because of age. Mm. Then I somehow stumbled upon your website and realized that my search was over. Thank you very much for everything you do. Keep those old Polaroids working. Yes, indeed. Hey, here's our spot for the FPP Flash. Hey, it's Mike Rosso here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey, no. Hello. Help support FPP. Go to the FPP store. That's filmphotographystore.com. We have an exclusive item, the Polaroid Cold Shoe Electronic Flash Brackets. If you own a Polaroid 100 through 300 series camera, we have the Polaroid 268 Flash Bracket that holds an electronic flash that has a PC cord on it. Imagine jettisoning your old flash bulb for a brand new... For a new? Okay. For a new flash bracket that holds an electronic 
Panasonic flash. If you own a Polaroid 400 series camera, the infamous Polaroid 420, that's Matt's camera. It is, yeah. You can get an electronic flash for it. You can get the, the Polaroid FPP 490 flash holder. This slides right on your existing flash bracket. It has a cold shoe for your electronic flash. You could buy just the bracket or you could buy the bracket with electronic flash. These are exclusively at the Film Photography Store. Help support FPP. Get an electronic flash for your pack camera. Donna. <laughs> Packtastic. Filmphotographystore.com. Thanks. Hey, we're back. Yes, it's awesome when I get letters about uh, you know cameras that people resuscitate from mm-hmm. their from their attic or parents' attic. Uh, this is a letter from Florian Carlo. I'm 30 years old and shoot. I've been shooting film since I was 10, and I started with Kodak 110. Now I shoot Nikon F90 uh, with a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens and a 150 millimeter Schneider. 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 And um, Florian <laughs> entered uh, our FPP Plus Kodak contest, uh, and he was sent some Kodak Portra. Good. Mm. Awesome. So, yeah, let me just say, barrel. Barrel! Go! Barrel, go through. Here's a... That was a good letter. That's a good letter. Thanks for writing in. Uh, These are folks that want some portrait. We've got Brian yeah. Ridout or Rideout. We have uh, Jennifer Jenkins won some film. Yay, oh, Jennifer loves to cook. She loves to cook. Get some, get some of that dry ice. Send up some. Yeah, yeah. Send up some like dip, send him some, some like platters like, maybe. Omaha steaks. Yeah. <laughs> cook us some chili. Uh, 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 Flat. When are you guys going to incorporate some vocals into, besides hey. Joseph? <laughs> Once we get some singers joining the band. Ain't no Vox. Uh, no, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do an acapella night one of these nights where we all just oh do a uh, barbershop uh, sextet. It'll be great. Here's a letter from... Uh, from fun uh, for us, not for the listeners. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> you guys are familiar with Blue Moon Camera and Machine up in Portland? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They got you sent some stuff there, didn't you? you Blue did? Moon? I thought you did. Nope. Have you seen their website? Yep. They, they sell yep. uh, cameras, the machine shop, they have typewriters. Right. This is uh, Peter Carlson, and I work at Blue Moon and Machine in sunny Portland. <laughs> sunny Portland. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I really enjoy it. There's so much to learn about photography, and listening to you guys has been informative and often funny. Mm. I'm also lucky enough to spend my work days surrounded by awesome photographers and a vast number of sweet cameras, all film. Yeah. That's right. We are a film-only camera store and a full-service photo lab developing and printing pretty much everything. We are the last lab in the country processing and printing Minox, amongst other hard-to-find uh, services. Is that like a small half-man, half Minox? Parrot? Minox. <laughs> uh, it's the cousin to That's the That's that little teeny, teeny stuff. I have some film in my fridge. I, I, I can honestly tell you guys. Maybe we can look it up. I have no idea what it's for. It's no, 14 by 14 millimeter. Oh, it's like a pack of that. Wrigley's. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. 14 by 14. Yeah, 14 by 14. Matches. Is that Minox? Um, wow. We, uh, what do you put it in? We at Blue Moon spy are thinking... Little tiny spy cameras, yeah. Wow. Well, the guys at Blue Moon, if you ever wanted to do something like a camera review segment on the podcast, we'd love to help out. Cool. Peter, get, I know you guys are all analog. Maybe get an old reel-to-reel tape recorder, record a segment, and send yeah. it over. Let's get go. a Blue Moon review going. That would be great. Pull out the woolen sack. Got a wax cylinder. I would love to hear about Minox. That's you know? great. I would like to know what the heck it is. We just... We just oh, it's, it's a sub-miniature format. Oh, this yeah. one? Yeah. 
what, what cameras do you put it in? A sub-miniature camera. But where? Double It's like a what 110. In the back. Do you have one? Sean Connery. No. What kind of film does it take? The little Minox. ones? Like this? I do have one. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. look like those little handheld tape recorders? Yeah. yeah. Slick. Hey, you know, this is a good time, speaking of roll-ins, to hear our book of the month. Ooh. Book of the month. Yeah, let's hear it. Book of the month. Hey, everybody. This month's book of the month, I am very excited to talk about, is this giant 11 by 14 thick true black and white coffee table book exposure by mary ellen mark it is a gorgeous book by any by anyone's standards is a hardcover book has a beautiful thick just off-white sleeve it's got a four by it's the 11 by 14 presentation is of a four by five sheet of kodak triax it just it gets you ready for just the astounding black and white work that you're going to see on the inside of this book if any of you aren't familiar with mary ellen mark she is a documentary photographer she really has a way of interacting with her subject and just catching that right moment that right expression she she captures a lot of uh, raw emotion humor irony she, she just goes for a lot of different a lot of different things but she just she knows what <laughs> what goes into a great photograph and can capture that just so elegantly these are beautiful full page two page spread black and white images the images have a, a great consistent feel there's a warmth to them uh, the range of work in here spans, I believe, from the the late 70s all the way through uh, the mid-2000s. So there's a lot of her, her current work. A lot of it is um, medium format, black and white, large format, a little bit of color splashed in there, all portrait work. So if you are somebody that loves documenting the human condition, this is a must-have. Run, don't walk to your bookstore and pick up a copy of this guy. Search Amazon. It's not going to be a cheap book, but man, it is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm flipping through as we speak right now just because ugh, just the portraits in here are so strong. Mary Ellen Mark uses a very distinct lighting setup. It's either a single flash, just slightly off axis to, to fill in the subject, very intimate up close portraits, wide angle lens, very um, strong emotions portrayed. The humorous images are very humorous. The 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 really deep images make you, you know, look at the image, almost double take at what you're looking at and just kind of ask questions. There's there's lots of uh, good balance between the, the, you know, the subject and its natural environment, a lot of natural light involved. It's just a very, very strong book. Once again, Mary Ellen Mark, Exposure, gorgeous book uh, i have no idea what it's going for because this book was given to me at christmas time and it's still one that i can just pick up pick up and just be floored by the images from page to page to page if you guys are into black and white into people into amazing print quality and a coffee table book that will captivate photographers and non-photographers alike please check out exposure by mary ellen mark thanks a lot guys and i'll talk to you soon Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, spotlight on Mark with these amazing modifications you've been doing. All right. That was great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He'll send it to you over now, there. Was there a question there? There is an array of cameras in front of Mark. Yes. Some of these things I'm afraid of even mentioning because Mark has really, like, Embraced. Yeah. Broke the mold on some thinking Ooh. of things that you can never, never wow. thought of. Maybe the Polaroid Land mod. I'm, I'm almost positive that's been done before. The, the, the hot shoe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, when you first showed me, Mark put a hot shoe, hot shoe on a Polaroid 250 automatic land camera. Yes. And I am 
just you know it's great I, you know because um i'm kind of for some reason i'm kind of obsessed with flashes i just uh, i didn't That's tell right. you i just bought a, a, a box of eight more last night on oh on i'm eBay. in for half yeah i'll give you half of those but um yeah i buy i have a drawer of about 20 flashes but to be able to use a lot of these old cameras you have to have a flash with a pc cable on it or you have to use an adapter with a pc cable you know jack on the side of it so I just cut out the middleman and I just put hot shoes on hot shoe on all of my old old cameras. Or I build wow. an electronic flash inside of them. So nice shot. Um, but yeah, I mean putting the putting the hot shoes on the land cameras makes every shot come out perfectly. I it's great. Now now that you've discovered and have been enjoying the Polaroid 250 automatic land camera, it's like kind of like, that, like that's it. You stop. I'm done with the 250. This isn't the greatest. That you're camera. not going to go back to the 210 or 220 or 230 or like you've done. No, I was actually I never had any of the 200s. I I all I went right for the glass lens models. So Which one did you have? So I have I have uh, 430 and 440. Okay. And then um, I was lucky enough to to grab this uh, 250. I was I was actually aiming for a 450, um, and then I ended up getting this 250 cheap. And then you pointed out the fact that the only real thing that I would have gotten with the 450 is the timer on the back, which I don't need anyway. Well, so, we already well, know how fast you can run the 40. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I may. So yeah. I'm, the the 250 is so slick. It's all aluminum, black front, black bellows. Like oh, it just looks. It looks like a so professional. And right now I've got 60s a 60s Cadillac. Right yeah. now I've got a telephoto <laughs> lens on the front and a viewfinder on the top oh, and a flash on it. It just looks. Yeah, you got that built out, man. Yeah, that it's, this thing like, is tricked you know, like, out. You know, like it's got old, ground effect. Yeah, put, the old Cadillacs <laughs> that had like the mud flap with the curb feelers. Exactly. You got it all, man. But you know how. Like sometimes you're satisfied, but not quite. Do you ever lie in bed late at night just staring at the ceiling because you're like, oh man, I, I hear about this Polaroid 180, man. Oh man, what's about 180? The, the 185 and the 190? What am I gonna do? Do you know about the, the mythical? Yeah, the mythical oh, 185. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, because the the thing that I love about the Polaroid Land is that it's automatic. As I long as I have, you know, you, it's basically point and shoot, so it's really nice. If I want to have a camera that I have to adjust. Apertures and shutters and everything. Right, I've, I've got those. So yeah, no, I would agree. You t mm. I mean, it's not automatic. You have to take a light reading. I mean, it's a little mm. more. Mm. I'm, I'm yeah. with you 100. I'm I'm good with the automatic land cameras. And actually, if I want to take a a a, a, um, a pack film picture with a camera that has aperture and shutter settings, I'll use my Kodak number one. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh. Yes, that's talk about mods. Yeah. Speaking of mods, speaking of mods. my, my Polaroid Kodak. Now, uh, Mark took put a Polaroid pack back on a what year camera is that? This is um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but this would have been late twenties, I would think. That's so. It's, this is this is an old one sixteen camera. Yeah, but the ninety the, years old. Yeah, I mean the thing that it, it sort of works out is that the one sixteen negative is basically exactly the same size as a Polaroid photo is. So the two of them. Line up perfectly. Pull the baby up. So this is your classic a Kodak. Uh, is it 120 or it was 620? This this was a 116. This is just a, a, a Kodak. It was a number um, a number one A. Number so a number one, one autograph. So the 116 is preferred because it's big in the back, wide. Just because the 116 negative is exactly the same size as a as an you know. Now we're John. Now we're really learning something. Yeah. Is, is that fact? It is. Yeah. Within a. Sixteenth of an inch. It's basically it's the same size. Just to so. give everyone the setup here, we have a, a Kodak. What's what's model? So the the, the camera itself is a is a Kodak number one A series okay. two. Okay. If you want to be specific. And that used to take one. Used to take one sixteen. Okay. Or possibly sixteen. Well, I think one sixteen. Yeah. You took a back 
off of a existing looks like a 100 back. This yeah, this was just a Polaroid back. I think this was a back off of a Hasselblad 100 or something I got on eBay for 10 or 15 okay. bucks. And I chopped up the uh, Oh, that's not the back of a Polaroid camera? No, this was just one of the backs, the back backs that I bought. Oh, right, right. Okay. So it's just a back that's designed to to be Take snapped onto the back what? of a Hasselblad or whatever. Was there any type of metal work right. cutting had to be done? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Massive. So you need what kind of shop to do this? Well, I mean, 90% of... Guitar tools. I mean, 90% <laughs> of the mods that you do are with a Dremel anyway, as long as you have a good selection of Dremel bits. So the, the body on the Kodak is all aluminum, all pressed aluminum. So it's relatively easy to cut through. So if you have a you know, a Dremel with a carbide bit. The hardest part is measuring it properly so that the two marry up and you get the film right up against the focal plane of the Kodak and not have any light leaks. And that's what you have. That's what, that's what I have. Yes. No, I, now, have you shot anything with this? I've taken a couple pictures with it. It's, Let's throw some film in it. It's fun. Yeah, I, I actually, there's not filming right this second. Can, it's fun. It, the, the problem with it is it takes Polaroid pictures. It looks like a Polaroid picture, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes you know, 10 minutes to get the camera set up and get my, you know, because it's, it's all manually oh, focused yeah. and I have to get, you know, I have to meter it yeah, and, yeah. you know, so it's it's very labor intensive to end up with a Polaroid picture. Is there a theme. tripod mount? These old Kodak cameras all came with a little flip out arm. But so no, the, no tripod. Uh, oh, oh, for yeah, yeah. There's a tripod okay. on the bottom yeah. and there's also a tripod on the side okay. so you can mount now, it portrait or landscape. But have you actually a beat it like against like say we took one with the two with the two with the one, I haven't whatever, done that no just to see what the real of the same image and see what I'm curious if it would have more of a bulbous thing going on yeah I imagine the lens softer the lens yeah, would be different yeah and yeah and this and this particular camera goes down sharper to, uh, it only goes down to uh, f seven point seven which is kind of a random Whoa. number but yeah but the nice thing is you can because it's manually settable I can crank it all the way up to f forty five so you can. Take yeah, it outside and do some, wow. yeah, basically yeah. you can do some really wow. interesting stuff outside. So and there you then, go. Uh, that might be the way to check it out. Do like a, a pinhole kind of Polaroid. Now, yeah. So this is my homemade 185. And is that, <laughs> now is that back, that's it, it's on there. Like you cannot go back. Uh, I mean, it's, so it's, like on, it's, it's screwed on there. I mean, I can unscrew it. And I, and I made a point of not chopping up the back. So if I ever happen to have a Hasselblad 100 and I don't care about this anymore, I can just take the back off this and but put But you it have back. so many Kodak uh, Bellows cameras now. I, I've probably got a dozen Kodak cameras, and I've got a, a you know a little box full of backs. So have I don't you really taken this take out, them. put it on a tripod, take like a landscape yet, or no? You, no, now. it's only stuff around the, you know the usual pictures we get, which are pictures of my ukuleles, guitars. Dane's guitars, my guitars, um, cats, you know, kids. in the office. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Daniel, Daniel gets a picture of cats, but uh, yeah, I do the cats. Yeah, we have three hundred pictures of our guitars. Yep. And the back, going back to the Polaroid 250 automatic land camera, you have a hot shoe on there. Hot shoe. Which means it's a it's a shoe where you put up an electronic flash mm-hmm. and has a contact. So the more modern flashes, you don't need any wires. It'll take any modern flash, yeah. It, and what it'll let you do is let you run flashes that don't require a PC cable. So actually, what I what I put yes. on this one is you can do some kind of fancy stuff. Like I've got fancy a Nikon uh, a nice a Nikon uh, SB twenty four flash, yep. which has the multi flash feature. So I can yep. put that on here and take a Polaroid picture and flash eight times. Yeah. So like there's pictures of John on, on my Flickr account of Flickr. him drumming and you can see he's got like 30 arms. Oh, I never saw this. How they come out. Uh, Great. Nice. Oh, it's oh, very cool. cool. Yeah. Is it on the, the Flickr? On the Flickr. Yeah, it's on my it's Flickr Mark. account. Hey, John, you don't go check out our Flickrs? I flick, I flick out the Flickr. Are you friends with Mark? Yeah, yes, of, course. Is, so of course. Not really. He's in half the photos. Yeah. Mark, did you drift into the Flickr FPP group yet? I did. I'm in there. I haven't posted anything, but I, I flipped through the, the discussion. Film a bit. photography podcast. If you search in Flickr, you'll find our group. 
is Donnie Darko's in the group now. Sure oh, is. No Donnie Darko. Right. Donnie Darko. Yeah. That's the guy. Uh, at We're this gonna... point, he's uh, a, mis- a mystical figure. Yes, he he's is. Mythological. Yep, he's the man behind the curtain. An yes. underground dweller. Yes, but I, I've been rapping with him on Facebook, and he's he's down to meet. So we just got to. I told him we'd that's set cool. something up in, in the May or something. Or I mean, in May oh, or something. That's the post-apocalyptic. Guy. Yeah, that's the guy. He's mm. making his own glass emulsion plates. or something. He's glass. So you want to awesome. do a sort of like a photo walk? I think we should do a uh, or just do a call a field trip, and we uh, we all hit. Journal Square and go right. and see on his location. Studio oh yeah, that would and, be fun. And uh, just kind of bring the little Zoom maybe and just do a, do it a, yeah. something like that. Be and he was he's a really cool guy. Should so. do a shout out to some listeners whoever's in the area wants to come down or no? Jersey City. I would have to run it by him. For we have to make show. sure he's like you yeah, know. It's got to be cool. This is his Donnie. private yeah, studio. No, he's here. Cool. It's his. Oh yeah, it's his. Now the coolest thing. What well, we really. We, I was doing a recording session at a, is a great studio there called Nine Live Studio, and uh, and what happened was he walks in, he says, "Oh, it's gonna be a friend of mine's gonna show up, take some pictures." So I'm thinking, "Oh, whatever." Right. Yeah. He shows up with the the Yashica 120. What is it? The 40. The Rolly. I mean, the Rolly Flex. Rolly yeah. Flex. Yeah. 120. Yeah. I don't know. TLR. Yeah. And and we're like, "Oh, all right." And then I had my whatever Konica sitting on the board or whatever, and he's like, "Who's taking film here?" You know. So we started talking. So whatever, and I go along. We're playing the session. He disappears for a while. I didn't think about it. We're you know, busy. Next thing you know, he comes up and he's and he's uh, got his his tablet and he's like, "Yeah, these look great, don't they?" Like within 20 minutes, wow. he'd gone downstairs, developed them black and white, Holy and smokes. brought and scanned them in, yeah. and and had them on his tablet. And he would he did that like three times. And, wow, awesome. Know, yeah, he's he's so he'll be a really he'll be a wealth of information that's going to be like. It sounds like uh, him and Matt Marash should be a good. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. I was going to say if you can time it when Matt's in town the, or. Well, uh, you know we haven't really even scratched the surface of anything here, but we had to go. We did. We did. I mean, is there anything we missed? No, we missed a lot. We didn't talk yeah, to you. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to who? Oh, oh, oh Danny. I, I talked enough. You have some samples, or is? Um, oh, uh, what I just no. What I I just we already talked about the like I've been just loving the little conic oh, range did. finders. Right. We did you know we a little bit about, about that. We'll talk about later. We'll talk about the Argus C3. Uh, the Argus C3 about. I just got a couple days ago, which yeah. I'm still tweaking because yeah. that uh, whatever. Dean's a huge Harry Potter fan. That's what oh yeah. We're gonna be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. You sound like a bird. By the way. I took John's advice. I watched two movies John recommended. Mm-hmm. One is from the 80s. It's called uh, The Money Pit. Good one. Oh, oh, yeah. That is a great movie. That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm telling you, just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a Richard Benjamin film. Yeah. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. And the second one was... It has everything against it. Shelley Long is in it, which I normally don't like. She's Richard Benjamin really as director, who's really... Yeah. It's really iffy. Early Tom Hanks movies. It's a film that you kind of watch over and over. It's great. It's a, it's a keeper forever. And just the other night, I watched Bridesmaids. Oh, my God. That, so that movie was surprisingly hard. funny. I, 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 yeah, I, it was a little... Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Mostly the... Uh, the the scene was, in the dress sister? part was my favorite yeah. part. She was, she was the best. It's just great to see girls talking like guys, I think. Yeah. I find that funny. I, I hear that they do. Yeah, they do. Not in front of us. No. Yeah. yeah. They're alone in the ladies' clubs. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be back in two weeks. 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 So don't fret. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. Don't sweat it. It's beautiful weather. Get out there and shoot. Thanks to all our lovely listeners. Podcast at, uh, by the way, I haven't mentioned our website, our uh, email address too often, because quite frankly, that was good. You actually put you put the picture down, and, and as I put the picture up. snuck a cookie. As I picked the, the Polaroid picture up, I didn't see he took a Tim Tam. Tim Tam. That was quick, man. <laughs> Do a little flim flam for a Tim Tim. I haven't mentioned our <laughs> email address do? because inundated. Uh, oh my god! Oh really? Is that yeah. right? If you recall, podcast like every ten minutes, you'd be like, "Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com." Right, right, right. yeah. 
you know, just every like, email. You spend all day answering emails. Emails yeah. just pour in. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful folks are listening. But I just want to figure out, tone it down a little bit, <laughs> you know. Leave it out for a week. Take a little break. Catch I think up. I'm going to get this beard trimmed, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, there you go. He needs a mirror. Christmas is coming. That's all you get from that picture? You just need a beard Oh, trimmed. by the way, uh, family, I go, hey, you training to be Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. They gave up on me. Well, you don't have the white going on. <laughs> I'm getting it. That's, oh, that's he's not, getting it. It's I'm going down. It. But you don't have a Santa. Oh, no, I don't have a Santa. Dane's got more of the Wyatt Earp going. Yes, Dane's, so. Dane's got the motorcycle Santa. Yeah. You <laughs> ever dressed up like Wyatt? Santa the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Santa bear. Wild... <laughs> Santa bear. You've done the Wild West gear? No, I, 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 I like chaps, but... No. <laughs> no. If you went to Wild West City, oh, they're not open anymore, right? Wild West City, that'd be fun. So. No, you know, I, I cut the I cut the mustache because I kept getting it in my soup. So if you dressed you know. up went to Wild West City, people would like be thinking you're part of that. Funny. Yeah. I see. I tried to that look a little while ago. People said I looked too much like a village people person. Yeah, I could. Uh, so it takes okay. a special oh, face yes. to, uh, to grow a beard you, like that. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going for the full-on cowboy there. I, I, I went for it, but it just got... I like that look, because uh, I have a very dense beard, and I can yeah. get the most... Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, was, I just couldn't... I'd wake up in the morning... And I just oh, found a picture that I... Uh, some pictures that you were taken of you about four years ago when you were totally clean-shaven, oh, too, which oh was bizarre, God. with short hair. I don't hair. even remember. Douche. You look like you're 19. <laughs> I used to tell people when I was eating, when I had that rig... Yeah. I would just start eating. I said, oh, "Don't man. look at me till I'm done." <laughs> That's it. Don't look at me. I can't wipe after every bite. I had to. I was doing that. I, you, I felt you get self-conscious because you're, yeah. like, you're like constantly with the napkin. How are you doing? It's like yeah. just and don't I look just, at me. And I was like, I'm you know done. what? I went in one day and I just took scissors and went whoop, whoop, and I'm like, ever since then, I'm like, man. well, this is riveting photography discussion. Yes. Anyway, hey, more on we two go weeks. More on facial hair two in two weeks. Because every time I say two weeks, you say the movie, and I start talking about movies. Yeah. yeah. We're back in two weeks. Two weeks. All right. Now we'll take a real break. Wow. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I like what you're Tell me what happened? No, I don't. 
I just want to relax in a nice, lukewarm bath. What about this? I don't think that can hurt us anymore. Tongues blue, sixteenth 